Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Captain Marvel. Yes, the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe film, and the movie that started World War Three on the internet. Um, as we like to do with this show, we put all of that garbage to one side and judge the movie on whether it's actually a good movie. Yeah, we don't care about politics, especially when the argument, well, all arguments are ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, we it's don't need to get into it. Captain Marvel is a woman and Marvel Studios' first female-led film. That's great. Um, it's great for all the reasons. Um, but I honestly couldn't care either way. Just give me my superhero movie, I say. Well, Captain Marvel is a superhero movie and one written and directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. If you haven't watched Captain Marvel yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Jason, you have the plot. Set in 1995, Captain Marvel follows Veers, played by Brie Larson, an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the Skrulls. Um, finding herself on Earth and with recurring memories of another life as U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers, uh, Veers teams up with a young Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, with two eyes, um, to uncover the secrets of her past whilst harnessing her special superpowers to become Captain Marvel and end the war with the evil Scrolls. Or so it seems. Another Marvel movie? Another origin story? The way... They give it to us, though. I liked it. It's a, it's a unique, unique take. So, obviously, being a, uh, an origin story, it is, it's like a first introduction to a character similar to Doctor Strange or when we first, you know, when, when we first met Captain America or, or something like that. You know, like... But she's already got the powers. That's also not, true. Not all of her powers. Because I was thinking about it, like, with this one, so what other origin story that Marvel Studios have put out so far could you compare it to? And I think the obvious one is Thor. Yes, Already true, has yeah. powers to an extent to begin with. There's a little bit of a fish out of water sort of story element as well. And then... I mean, she's not as confused on Earth because she's pretty focused on what she's looking to achieve. <laughs> yeah. Stop, kill the squirrels. But it's very Thor-like. I did enjoy that movie. That was a good origin movie. But I like the fact that it chops and changes. She pretty much starts as a blank canvas. She's been on Hala for six years and she only knows what they've told her. So she's kind of fleshing out and becoming a character throughout the movie. She's pretty blank to begin with. Yeah, so... That's because she doesn't know who she is. Well, she has amnesia or memory loss. So she's been basically, in her mind, in existence for six years by the time we get to 1995. She has no memory prior to that. So, yeah, you're right. Like It's a blank canvas and she believes herself to be a Cree... Well, she has Cree blood, so that all works out. She's not blue, however, but they, they're not all blue, apparently. And we're just so used to... Yeah, some of them have different coloured eyes. I mean, they're all humanoid <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. It's either the skin or the eyes that are different. But they're colour. all the same race. Well, just like humans. We all look different. Oh, well, that's it, yeah. So she starts out in this movie having powers, kicking some ass. She's part of... What is it? Star Force? Is that the name of the... Cree? I was about to say Starfleet, but that's not it. No, that's Star Trek. No, Star <laughs> Force sounds about right. Star yeah. Force. And she's got what looks like the classic, or I say classic, the Captain Marvel costume from the comics, but that's only maybe four or five years old. But it's the, the green version. In the comics, there is a green version, but it's not. It's just like it's a green cream military uniform where it's white and green. And it isn't just a green version of what we later see as a Captain Marvel costume. It's a costume. green Kree outfit. It's a yeah. green costume. Mm. 
What do we think of Captain Marvel as a character, Brie Larson's performance? I think her casting is a bit left field, but I like that. Yeah. I've not really seen too much of her. I watched the movie Trainwreck, couldn't finish it. I've not seen The Room. She did win an Academy Award for that movie. So she does have acting abilities and we know she's an amazing actress. She's someone who I've seen but not really noticed. Yeah, take 21 Jump Street. You know, she was the the female love interest, basically. I didn't even realise. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I know she's in that one. Mm. Alongside Chris Evans, actually, which is fun. <laughs> Your captains together. So I'm fairly new to her as an actress. Mm. And I'm really liking what she's bringing to Carol Danvers. She's somebody that we know in future movies will stand side by side with the other Avengers. And I like the fact that she's not just a female version of one of those characters. She's very much her own character. She's Although she's got jokes, she's not Star-Lord, Iron Man kind of jokes. Yeah, they're like cheeky sort of jokes that I think a person would make in you know particular situations. You know, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not quips. They're just sort of like her just being a little bit of a smart-ass, kind of weird. You know, she's kind of like that quirky quirky girl and I was like that's something a bit different and what I also like is that you know being a female in a movie sometimes they do lean into you know trying to sexualize the character you know you know take Black Widow for instance if you want to keep it all Marvel they do sex her up a bit it's toned down in recent years but you know when we first introduced to her she was essentially a sex object in Iron Man 2 I mean, you're right. They did sexualize, but that's how uh, it's just a difference in in this character, and I, I I think it's great that it's it's just her character. She's a woman, whatever. But they they didn't rely on having her flaunt her body or give her a, a fully revealing outfit. I mean, just for the sake of it, you know, it's like it's a, like a flight suit. It's a jumpsuit. It's not skin tight like her. If you like look, it. You don't need it. what Cap? Uh, not well before she was Captain Marvel. When she was Miss Marvel for years, and she wore like the it was like a black bathing suit with the yellow lightning bolt yeah. on the chest. I, say, the red I do sash. like that Miss Marvel costume. I would like, to, mask. It, it, <laughs> would like to is. see that one day. That's not what they're looking to do no, with this movie. No, something different, isn't it? Yeah. 90s. You've said <laughs> it already. 1995, to be specific. Yeah, so we've got that 90s setting. Boy, is this a 90s movie. I mean, the music is a, is a big... You know, thread through the whole thing with, with the 90s stuff. I thought there would be a lot more 90s sort of nostalgia, in-your-face stuff, but I thought it was quite pulled back. It was quite I restrained. Th- yeah, I think it comes and goes. Like and cars. Then, you yeah. pretty much cars, you see Blockbuster. Then there's the music. That's that, that's all I can really remember. And you, and I mean, you there's mentioned, a payphone. <laughs> you mentioned, and there's pages. Oh, of course, <laughs> the, the yes. beeper. Blockbuster video, and she's in there, and she you know, she crashed through yeah. the through the ceiling. That set design was amazing, by the way. Just, you see the it was so real <laughs> the cardboard cutout from True Lies, and you've got Arnie and Jamie Lee Curtis, mm. and then she's startled, and she shoots Arnie's <laughs> head. Do you know they actually had to get his permission to do that? Oh, really? Well, and True Lies wasn't their first choice. Their first choice said, "Nope, you are not using the likeness in your movie." They tried to get the mask, which was. Came out in 95, Jim Carrey, green face, mm. and the idea would be she'd mistake it for a squirrel. I like that. Okay. But New Line said, nope. So instead, we got True Lies. I think maybe if they had set this in, was it 92 that Terminator, Terminator 2? 2 came out, that would have been kind of cool because there are sort of a few little similarities to, 
you know, Carol's little storyline here, you know, she steals that out, you know, the outfit off the mannequin, takes that guy's bike, sort of like Terminator 2. I mean, we mentioned the know? directors, uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They were very much inspired by Arnie's 90s movies. Okay, cool. And it, and it shows. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as always, we look at these things as being like a homage. It's not like, oh, they're ripping well, off I mean, Terminator. We get, we get the young, we get young versions of Nick Fury and Agent Coulson, so Samuel Jackson and Clark Gregg. Yeah. Well, that's his name. <laughs> um, Clark Gregg is in it for a bit. He sort of comes and goes. I thought he was going to be in it more. You can see, I mean, Sam Jackson, he's in this movie a lot. If you're looking at it from this point of view, that each time they're on screen, it's a special effects shot. So I was on one hand, I'm surprised at how much screen time Sam Jackson got because he's in it a hell of a lot. But at the same time, though, I was I thought we would have maybe would have seen more of Coulson, mm. and I think they were able to do a better job with Jackson as well. But maybe it's because he was going to be in it more. I think so. Maybe they focus onto it. The first few shots that we had of Coulson, especially when you know there's that car chase and seeing the car, and he was sort of just it was like this deadpan, straight on look. Uh, first I thought the acting was bad or just really off for him and then I thought the effects were really bad but then it turned out he was a scroll so I was like ah that's fine I'll allow that but I don't think that's what it's supposed to be I can do you see, reckon? I can oh, see how you can interpret it that way because later when you saw Coulson I was like that looks so much better no, I, I don't it was I like he wasn't so. moving his head I was like do they have to sit completely still no no no, no. I don't like, think that's I mean they do mention that it's a skill you know some are better <laughs> than others I don't. I think that's an FX issue. I don't think you've got that scroll that's not quite able to pull off Coulson if he's in motion. I don't know. No, no. I think it I'm is, trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it is a way of them getting away getting with it. Getting away with it by saying, <laughs> yeah, no, that's because it was wasn't really Coulson. That's why it looked a bit computer animated. But Sam Jackson looked great. Uh, with that, with that effect over his face, but we do get that like with the two of them, he's in it a lot. You get that buddy, a hell of a lot, that he's buddy cop so sort of adventure road movie to an extent. You know, like Larson Jackson, amazing chemistry. They yeah. are really good together. When she's uh, interrogating him in the diner, when they're in the lift together, there's there's so many scenes of them two together where it was just two actors in a room, no special effects. Which is a lie, because every time Sam Jackson is on screen, it's an effect. But those two are so good together. Like, absolutely. Let me ask you this, though. Jackson looks young. Does he move young? Do you think he moves like a younger man or a man in his 70s, which Jackson is? Hmm. I mean, he was fighting people and stuff. Kind of. Kind of. I'm getting a Liam Neeson vibe. You know where he's quite stiff in his movements? Liam Neeson doesn't like to run. Well, that might be a question for another viewing, I think. I was immersed in this world, but then looking back on it, like, he did... I mean, he can't help it. Like, I, oh, yeah, it is I mean, Sam Jackson is a phenomenal actor, but he's also in his 70s. It would be hard. I can't even think of any scenes where they potentially may have used a, a stunt double or, you know, whatever you call it, for, you know, certain moves or something. But, I mean, you had him... He was running a bit and stuff, and... I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll say that nothing... Took me out of anything that he was doing. Like, no, again, no point I was, did I think I was into it. It's yeah. just afterwards, like, oh, okay, he kind of did. You know, they, they can't de-age movements. I guess. Well, I guess that's the next step, isn't it? Like, not even using Sam Jackson, he just does the voice. <laughs> it's just all CGI. It actually, wasn't Sam Jackson at all. Like the BFG, you know, it's yeah. all CGI. <laughs> it's not really there. So with this, the squirrels are the bad guys. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. All the trailers, you know, when they announced Captain Marvel, it's like, wow, 
Secret Invasion, the popular event from the comics, is coming to the big screen. So the movie gives us a twist, I guess, of sorts. Scrolls are good, Kree are bad. Yeah. But what I like, though, because we do find that, oh, actually, the Kree are good in this, but the movie isn't saying, as a race, the Kree are good. So we could it's, still get... Yeah. You know, we could still get, you know, the evil Kree... Oh, sorry, the evil schools down the line. It just so happens that the the ones that we meet in this movie turn out to be good guys. I think, yeah, we'd have to look at the two different species as, you know, just like just like humans. We're not all evil. We're not all, you know, really kind-hearted and nice. You know, there's a there's a mix of both, and I think you'll get that from the, from, from the Kree and the Skrull. But, I mean, we've met Kree characters before. You know, we've met Ronan the Accuser, who comes back um, in this as well. We've had Kree characters in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where, you know, like... They haven't been the best of yeah, the best of folks, you know, and I know obviously have, there's yeah. that whole question, that whole question of you know not connecting and stuff. But I mean, they're still the characters that are supposedly meant to be part of this universe. So you're and right. We have seen. Some, we've had before. we've had some evil we've had some evil characters and evil versions of them. So, but let's stay on the scrolls. I didn't expect to feel this way about a character going into this movie. My favorite character is Talos. So that's ben Played Mendelsohn. by Ben Mendelsohn. And do you know what? This is how much of an idiot I am. So he, obviously the the head guy at S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I think his name is Keller. Keller, Keller or played something. by Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then we didn't see him again. I thought, oh, he went to it a lot, was he? And then we get, <laughs> we, we get Talos. And I think he's such a good character. So when Keller, when Keller shapeshifted into the, like, the, his scroll form. Different actor. You thought it was a different actor? Different actor. Not I, was, even... I was duped by a squirrel. I thought it was a completely <laughs> different actor. So without realising... You'd be shit in a, in a scroll invasion. <laughs> you no idea. Talos, such a great character. And you know what I love? The fact that, you know, making this movie, like, you know what? Just let him be Australian. Just was let he him Australian? be... That is, yeah. Was that what he was doing? He's being Australian. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, at times he sounded a bit cockney. You know, we've got mm. in a, a bit yeah, of Jason yeah. Statham. But he's being Aussie. That's what he's being. Yes. Oh. And and the reason behind that, because I've been you know reading and listening to a few interviews with the writers and directors, it's the idea is that when somebody uses their own accent, they're able to emote a lot more. And if you think the layers of prosthetics and effects that they're under playing the scrolls, they just wanted him to have full freedom, full range, and just turn up what he's already bringing. Mm. And that's what we're getting in Talos. An Australian squirrel. Oh, true. And, and I love it. I just love it. You know, and even when we find out, because again, like squirrels aren't bad in this, and he's meeting his daughter or reunited and he's with his wife, and just making mention that he's done some really bad things. So by no means are they saying he's a straight up good guy. He's done bad things for the right reasons. And then when he has to kill and he gets his daughter to look away and she turns, I'm getting so much human emotion from the squirrels in this movie, and I just didn't think that was going to be the case going into it at all. I thought they were just going to be... I thought we were going to get more squirrels on Earth than we actually got, and I thought they were going to be just cannon fodder. When I'd left the movie and, you know, I was reading with the whole, like, oh, the twist, you know, like, oh, the scrolls are good, I was thinking, you know, we're never now... We're, we're now never going to get any sort of secret invasion or, you know, an actual... Big battle with the scrolls, but you have made a good point that 
there could still be, you know, some evil ones out there. So Secret Invasion could still be on the cards, and that excites me because, yeah, I was disappointed that with the twist being, like, you know, we're not going to get some of that. But I, I still wish in this movie we did get a little bit more of them hiding out of certain characters, in particular characters, you know, having lots of those. I mean, they did it a couple times. They did the Colson thing, the old lady, lady on the train. Lady on the bus, on the train. Train where yep. it was, yeah. I thought, you know... When you think, oh, we're getting a movie, Scroll's going to be in it, you'd think that would be a big part of it, but it wasn't really. And I don't know how I feel about it. I, I kind of, I think I just wanted more. It really worked for me, but we're looking. These, this happened in '95, so like, you know, we're, we're decades. So we, yeah, we couldn't. When Endgame comes and anything after Endgame, we're decades removed from the the scrolls that were meeting That's in this true, movie. Yeah. I just thought. They were great. I was, I've, you know, I've known of them in the comics. I've read them, and they've never been like my favourite villains. You know, they're mainly, you know, appearing in Fantastic Four comics. And they essentially are they're a plot device to yeah. have some characters turn out in to be this, evil or something. You know, brilliant. I mean, what about the scene in Louisiana? You know, when you've got the Pulp Fiction moment, you've got Telos, and he's he's got the drink, and it's oh, recreating yeah, with, the scene yep. from Pulp Fiction. I didn't know what you were talking about then. I was like, yes, the the cup that Sam Jackson has But the cup, it's the exact same design. He's locking eyes with Jackson. So it's like a wink-wink. Yeah, I didn't notice this in the movie, but you did point it out to me after, and I I do like it. But at some point, somebody asks him, like, so could you turn into a filing cabinet? And he's like, like, why? Why? (laughs) So you you can, but you just don't see. (laughs) Or can he? I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's kind of like, he's not saying he can. He just doesn't really see the point. I think... With the, I like the twist. I like, I like it. I like because it, it wasn't what I expected. But I think overall, when you you have these creatures and you have these these scrolls, I think I wanted a little bit more backstory on why are they at war, what's actually going on. I think they went a little bit shallow with oh, that. Well, the they cre- kept the focus yeah. on, on Cut to Marvel, which is fine. It's her movie. I think yeah, they, they, something else could have been. There wasn't much sort of laid out there for us. Yeah, I mean, you just need to know that the Kree are the big bad and they're looking to take over everything. And, Simple. And they're chasing the squirrels away. Well, that's I it. think because how much I connected with the squirrels and, and then the turn, and I was enjoying them before the turn, before we found out what was really going on, I think if I didn't have that investment in them, then maybe I'd have felt a bit cheated and I wanted something more in that third act. So how about on the other end with the Kree? Did you have an investment in them? Like I, Jude Law's character, Yon Rog. He's like the only character. I have no idea who the rest are. So he's the bad guy. I've got their names and written I down, but I didn't see it coming. <laughs> you know what? This music had this music. This movie even just had me fooled. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Mendelssohn was playing two parts. I didn't realize that Jude Law was really the bad guy. Well, we all, we went in thinking Jude Law was Marvel. That's right. Yeah, that was. Well, I did not. No, I was Marvel, thinking old that lady. until I found out. Yeah, it's actually Annette Bening. Annette Bening, yeah, and she plays the supreme leader. I mean, she's got two parts. She does. I mean, I guess she does. She plays the. It's how the supreme leader appears Mm. to to Carol. I mean, if we were going by the comics, it's like a big green blobby head. Which which we isn't it great when they reduce these like amazing visual. How are they going to pull off this design? (laughs) Annette Bening. Annette Bening. Yes. Lock her in. (laughs) But for the longest time, though, they, they weren't actually. It wasn't the original plan for her to play both parts. Okay. And then they were like, "Hang on." We've got Annette Benning. Why doesn't she do it? And it makes sense in the stories if yeah, the Supreme Leader can, it, it does. can appear to you how you would or how you think they are. I thought it was um, pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. Marvel. So in the comics, Marvel was the original 
Captain Marvel, he was a man. Now he is a she. They changed it. So a bit of gender swap there. We said that we weren't going to get into the politics, so let's not. But I don't there's care. So many, <laughs> but we, but I, mean, I don't this, think we need to because like, I, I think everybody's heard it. But people are annoyed, I and I and I think are people annoyed really? Oh, a lot of people wow. are annoyed. A lot of things in this movie. Oh, the shit that's happening online. But we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just talk about <laughs> madness. Let's just talk about the movie. But I think it was the right choice in making Marvel a female because if you look at Captain Marvel, she's said to be the most if not one of the most powerful avengers and she's you know she's got all that power but if you were then to say but she got given that power by a man oh, i think I mean... it could somehow i think some people could have issue with that so i think by having it being a female cree scientist giving the i mean the you power, make a point i wonder if that was the intention though it could be ah. could be or they were just like, ah, Annette Benning, we want her in the movie. <laughs> but it, it works, though. I think she's good. But you're right, though. I think everybody thought Jude Law was going to be Marvel. But that, you know, they do it occasionally with the Marvel Studios movies. They'll they play it a bit different. Oh, that's it. And this is one of the, uh, the examples for me where it works. Like, I'm less, like, I'm not really upset at all with that um, compared to, say, the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3, you know, like, I was like, oh, it still sits... But weird. even Marvel walked that back and they did that special, didn't they, when you found where out there is, there is a... actually a Mandarin ah, well, that's just that a... we never heard anything and about ever again. Will. <laughs> yeah, probably never will. But we've got other characters. We've got Maria Rambo, and she is the friend of Carol Danvers and she believes to be dead for six years. Played by Lashana Lynch. When they... She's fantastic. When they meet again... And, you know, like, it's sort of... She's processing through her head. I really believe that they were yeah. old friends. It really plays that way. they're just sitting around later, like, you know, at that little... It was a blue dining table. It was a very small dining table or something. And they just... They sort of start cracking into little And the jokes scene in and particular... And, and the part where Brie Larson just laughs. And it just seems so genuine. Like, two old friends catching up over coffee like, after years apart. And it's giving us that human connection, you know, from being away from so long and not quite having the memories. But did you get the significance of her having a daughter whose name Monica. was Monica? Are you familiar with that character at all? No, not at all. So enlighten me. In the comic books, in the Marvel comics, Monica Rambo is a prominent african-american superhero oh. and has powers in her own right at one point she went by the name photon which is the name of her mum's ship in this okay uh, applying at the moment in the comic she goes by spectrum but she was at one time she had the identity of miss marvel so if we're thinking and that's when carol danvers was off doing this is where God we could get that course you know, not... but you look. I mean, from '95, <gasps> couple of decades, yeah, we could, we could older... see an adult Monica, and she's got the you know they've got like an auntie niece relationship already. Captain Marvel comes back; she doesn't age, but now all of a sudden, their best friend's daughter is. They're older. doing this, of course they are. They are doing it, and I'm all for it because I like I said, I want to see that that Miss Marvel type costume, not because it's sexier. I just like that design. I would like to see it, that. Miss, yeah, they've done something different in the comics. She's actually the the version in the in the comic. She's Muslim and she is an inhuman, and she can like stretch and all these things. More, I think Marvel's probably going to stay away from inhumans. So yeah, probably. So maybe this could be their Miss Marvel. Maybe mm. they just change it up a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah, I wonder if 
Would there would there be an issue with removing that that Muslim element tour at all? Potentially, or? potentially. Well, I mean, I mean they, they, they could, could still incorporate. Yeah. Or well, they could just have her be Spectrum. Like, she's been yeah. an Avenger and, like, she's been, you know, with various other teams. So that's a good point, actually. Maybe they will keep that and then... Because the whole thing... Because I think, if they, I think if they did do that Miss Marvel that you're yeah. talking about, they would want to... It'd be like if they brought out a, a Miles Morales and he was a yeah, white that's, kid. Come. That's a good point. I mean, in, in the comic, she's like a, a hardcore Miss Marvel fan. Like, she's a fan of Carl Danvers. So when she gets to her abilities... Well, Monica's a fan of... Uh... You know, so that, yeah... <laughs> But I like the fact that because at the time I was thinking, oh, maybe when this kid grows up, we'll see her, you know, in in her superhero identity. But then, again, ninety five, we're going to get that time leap for her, so she's going to be older. Oh, we should mention as well uh, the actress Akira Akbar. I thought she was brilliant. We're not going to see her again. Except <laughs> not in, for not in you know when they do. I mentioned you know the the change in the colours of the Captain Marvel costume. Yeah. So we know that it's going to be red, blue, gold, but it starts off green. And then you've got Danvers herself. She's changing the colours on it. What do you think to this? Because she's taking, you know, fashion tips from the young the, girl. Wasn't the kid just like... Well, well was first, she doing it for... She was doing yeah. it. And then they matched the colours of the DC Captain Marvel character. I did notice that. Yeah, the red and gold. They did the the black costume I was talking about earlier, the Miss Marvel. Oh, but, okay. they did, but they're only doing the colours, not the costume design. So all the colours are changing. But then... And that's fine because... Carol Danvers herself is doing it. But then it's the little girl, that Monica, she is the one that picks the colours to, to finish it, and she's playing with the controls herself. And just does how? it. How does she know how yeah. to do it? Pulled me out the movie. I mean, I was soon sucked back fair. in. But no, it pulled me out because I'm like, why, why couldn't like, Danvers <laughs> just like, twiggle it a little bit more? And Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like she could have just looked down at her shirt and been like, what about these cars? Or something. Yeah, it's just weird that the kid just takes over. She suddenly knows how to how to do it. But the costume is great, and I love it when the helmet's up, which is pretty cool. Mm. Which she needs before she needs the helmet before she goes full Captain Marvel to be is in it space. Because like, she oh, puts okay. the helmet up and she's in space. But then we get to that third act and she fully like lets the power in. She's no longer needing that helmet. But the helmet's an interesting design, and it gives her the mohawk. It does, yeah. Which is a pretty... Pretty cool things to have. Mm. So the cat. Let's talk about Goose. Changed slightly from the comics. <laughs> so in the comics, the the cat was named Chewy after Chewbacca, Chewbacca. and this in goose, the comics, this goose is Goose is a flurkin. So I'm watching the movie, and I would have loved to have not known what Goose actually was. I didn't just know what be. It was. I just knew. So I was just I, I was waiting for it, and you know, and and the payoff works it is really it's good where it happens and the interaction that nick fury is having with the cat and how afraid the scrolls are of the cat and he keeps saying it's not a cat it's not a cat so like i i knew that See, it wasn't a cat. i didn't know i didn't know there was some sort of uh, like beast thing sort of uh, you know in, in in the cat i thought you know like maybe cats are actually this alien species called flurkin and Scrolls are just afraid of them for whatever reason, you know, because cats can be vicious and cats can be pretty scary sometimes. And the comparison know? could be Rocket Raccoon. He's not a raccoon. He's yeah. an alien, but he looks like an Earth raccoon. So my question is, is Goose a flurkin or are all cats flurkins? Goose is a flurkin. All cats are cats. But right. this alien species looks, looks like, like a cat. Looks like an Earth cat, only it's not. And, you know, the... Yeah, they pulled it off to good effect, but I did read somewhere, though, that because uh, Brie Larson is actually allergic to cats, she couldn't actually handle or spend any time around real cats, 
So it was either <laughs> okay. CGI or puppetry. Oh, so many effects for <laughs> ridiculous reasons. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's a goose. Interesting character. It, this cat has been described as like the scene stealer of this movie. The... Not for me, but my audience loved goose. I enjoyed I enjoyed the cat. Like Not in... stain stealing, but I enjoyed the cat. Stain stealing? Yes, scene stealing. <laughs> Don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, but the, the cat's good. It yeah. was, you know, it, it did its um, did its part. I couldn't believe when we got to the very end, which I guess we'll save till the end. When we the, the final thing we see in the movie is the cat. We'll come back to Goose. We've got structure to. Should this we review. mention the Nick Fury thing with the cat though? Okay, so we we know that Nick Fury in present day has one eye, but how does he lose his other eye? Now the joke on the internet for the longest time was, yeah, yeah, the cat's gonna scratch his eye out. And yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly what happens. Exactly what I mean, at first he's punched, and think, oh, that can't be it. No. But then, you know, oh, it's just a scratch. But that's the whole thing of, like, you know, these creatures, as well as, you know, having this, like, endless void inside them and tentacles, they're obviously poisonous. Yeah. But he does get scratched by a cat and loses but an eye. I can't remember which one. It was either... There's one of the Captain America movies. It might have been Winter Soldier. And if he said, the last time I, I trusted someone or something along these lines, um, I lost an eye. And that someone was Goose. What, is he actually referring to Goose or is he just bullshitting and trying to be really dramatic? Well, he's actually now referring <laughs> to Goose. <laughs> At the time, I mean, this is, this happens when you do prequels. I'm not going to say retcon. I'm going to say catcon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, Goose Goose is fine. You know, my I was I was in a packed screening and people like just, they were so positive towards this movie like you know when there's mm. laughs they were laughing Goose was getting people laughing yeah I got some chuckles throughout the movie the movie isn't overly funny it's not it, it, it kind of pulls back on the comedy and I think for the most part the, the Marvel Studios movies if you're going to compare it to any human this will go back to the Avengers it's quippy like it's very Joss Whedon not this movie oh, this okay. movie is a different type of comedy yeah. it's different type of funny whereas the other ones it's sort of like you know all the characters are written they're all quipping. It's like you've got a cast of Chandler Bings. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get in a lot of the Marvel Studio movies. And for the most part, you know, I go along with it, but it's very much that Joss Whedon mm. approach. This movie, it's doing something different. I think because your main character is not the one with the quips. And they've got to, they've got to put that somewhere. And I think for the most part, it's Nick Fury. He's the one that's probably having the most jokes in this movie. I think, and then, um, what's his name? Mr. Scroll. Yeah, Scroll. Talos. Talos, he's, yeah. Uh, he's got a, a few, well, he's well, probably not more than... Again, they're not I'd quips. say he's more than, more than Fury. You know, he's just deliver. he's just do- saying funny things. <laughs> you know, some people out there have disliked this approach to Fury by saying, it's not like the Nick Fury we've seen previously. And but what I'd say that to that, thing? it's because he isn't that Nick Fury that's yet. That's good. What's happening in this movie is the catalyst, the change in direction for S.H.I.E.L.D., who were already an agency, covert agency operating, but now it's like they've got to watch out for the aliens, a threat they find out about in this movie. So it's the origin story for Captain Marvel, but also Nick Fury. It's a bit... It's. I think with that, with that whole thing, it's also a bit of a double-edged sword when you get, you know, you get to the Avengers movie and, you know, you've got Black Widow and, and Hawkeye and they're talking about it and they're like, you know... Gods and aliens, you know, we weren't prepared for this. Did no one tell them in their training, you know? Maybe they just didn't have clearance, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because Fury knows. I mean, it's it's a limited circle, isn't That's it? True, who, yeah. are, who actually knows? Yeah. But I mentioned that Col- Coulson comes into it and then he goes. And then towards the end, I know we do get a final scene with him, but instead of like showing him again, you've just got a conversation between 
Danvers and Fury. You know, she's like, so who was that guy? He let you go. Oh, that's Coulson. Yeah, he might be one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like, oh, did you just run out of money? Could you not have had him, <laughs> could you not have had him pop back in or just shot him from behind? Hey, he, so, he, yeah. he rocks up later if we can't just with the, with that's the box he of does, eyes. He does come back again, yeah. See, if we can't show him again, let's... Let's let's mention him just so people remember that he was in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I would have liked to have seen more Coulson. Yeah. I mean, let's stay away from Agents of Shield spoilers. But I would have liked to have seen <laughs> more Coulson. The effects in this movie do they do they hold up? Because I think recent Marvel films, I would say Infinity War is an exception, but some of them, even the recent ones, could be hit and miss. Absolutely. And spring into mind the third act fight, Black Panther. Versus Killmonger, really bad. That was really bad. But then also, I mentioned you know, multiple times on the on on our on our shows those rhinos or hippo, whatever they were. They were rhinos. So I was head. okay with them. No, I think it was the, the the twirling and the jumping with Killmonger. Yeah, I just I mean, didn't that's... really like that. It was. It just I looked like a movie from the early two thousands. You know, like just really shallow. But scene. for the most part, the effects are working for me in this. They're, I mean, they're pretty... Like, you get Nick Fury's face. Fantastic. You know, that's that's all happening. Um, the fight scenes are, are good, decent, you know, like, because, I mean, they don't require much special effects. And there's not that many, really, if the, you think about there's it. There's the uh, Captain Marvel versus the Scrolls. Then there's the train thing with the car chase as well tied into that. And your there's, main one is, and then a bit is the end. big third act. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that is your main one. The fight one. on the scroll lab ship, whatever that is. And I'll say this, whether it's a Marvel you know, or DC, you know, origin movie or one of the other movies, they don't always pull off the third act. This movie, I think, because it was escalating to a point that I was waiting for, for her to finally realise how powerful she is, it completely worked for me. They stuck the landing on the ending for this movie. Um, I'm going to oh, throw a wrench in. The, I mean, story-wise, it, it worked. It was okay. I, I hated the reliance on the, you know, yeah, control your emotions, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, had that really been a thing that was played throughout the movie at all? It seemed that, like that she was, was know, very much in control of her but emotions. But that, that, was, that was about him, though. That was his way of controlling her. Uh, true, yeah. Because he, he knows how powerful she really is. Yeah. And he doesn't want her to know that. And that's why even at the end when they're like when they're facing off against each other and he's going, Come on, no powers, me and you, let's go at it. And she's like and it's one last like, defiant yeah. moment. She's like, No. Because that's him trying to get a little bit of control again. Yeah. And she just blasts him. And then he's getting all upset because he gets put in that pod. And then she, <laughs> she lights the engine with her fists and then sends him on his way. Cartoon. Um, the the flight scene itself, you know, when she I'm just gonna say it, she goes like Super Saiyan or Supernova, whatever the hell it is that she goes not a saying you know which is parrot i'm like oh, i like it just because she's glowing and stuff but like if you ask me to you know describe what actually happened after that like i don't know it's a blur to me it, it i think it was really over it was over really quickly i mean she punched a few planes or well, spaceships because because what you've got it's i guess the comparison could be man of steel if you look at that third act you know although super powerful not really having that much control, so it's like it's just it's raw power. It's, it's just destruction, destruction. Yeah. So I guess when we're going to see her in Endgame and other movies, her powers are going to be more twenty refined. years later. Yeah. Whereas this, she's yeah. just sort of like she's got one speed and she's just hitting everything. She's flying through ships. I just can't help but feel like it's sort of they're putting. Yeah, you know, I mean they're obviously putting all the efforts into Endgame again, and not. 
not saying this is really the reason, but it, it almost feels like they've held back on this to let her shine more in that movie, which is fine, but it's like, I want to, you know, I want good stuff in this movie as well. But I guess it's all, it's that whole thing, having it be a prequel set on Earth, you can't have, you can't, couldn't have had anything too big or major happen where the well would because have actually been Because people would talk about it. Exactly. Yeah, so it had to have been low-key. And I don't know if there was a, a story hindrance with me, but it just like, by the end of it, I was like slightly underwhelmed by... I guess just action and the so in, I, I, in general. Okay, I, I get where you're coming from, but I had the opposite re- reaction to it. I, I was completely on board with it. And I like the fact that although so she's got these, you know, she's alien powers, but then it's also her embrace embracing her humanity and that's what's finally able to, to have control because yeah. the Cree, what they're saying is that, you know, to show emotion is to show weakness. You need to hold it all back and you need to be strategic. Just don't Feel your emotions. And then she recognises that for her, by turning her back on humanity or on her humanity is what was stopping her reaching her full potential. So then when she has those flashbacks and we see them peppered throughout the movie of her getting knocked down. In that third act, before she goes all powerful, we get to see it's not that she's getting knocked down. It's like she's getting back up. And we're seeing all those moments of her as a young girl, young woman, and she's getting back up every single Remember time. Remember that one trailer? You were like, she really likes to stand up. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't an yeah. edit for the trailer. No. That and was the movie. <laughs> I absolutely loved that. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. No, it was cool to, like, to have this character just like, oh, yeah. She and she's got these Cree powers, but it's she being was- human. That's allowing her to reach her potential. She was already doing that as a human. So I think having that that emotional drive to her then just like like randomly blowing up ships. I think there was just, there's something there, something behind it. I I thought it was really good. What did you think of the the train scene and that? I'd say that was the other major big special effects. You know, the train, car chase, which, you know, fine. Yeah, it was good. And you know what? It actually played out like a 90s movie. The way they shot the chases, the angles, it did. It could have been Die Hard with a Vengeance or, like, you know, <laughs> another movie who's some Jackson okay. from the nineties. I thought it was pretty bland, but maybe that's the reason for it. So I'll and that, that and that scene when you, like you got Coulson, we've already mentioned, is is a squall in in the car with Fury, but then you know the driving, the driving, and then Coulson radios in. It, that was good. I really liked yeah, it. Like, and then the, you know Sam Jackson's well, reaction. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much to like in this movie. I really did have have a lot of lot of fun with it the music often marvel studio movies can be don't pretty always yeah. give the best themes more atmospheric than anything unfortunately i've been i've been really same, i've it? been raving about this movie and the music didn't really play a part in that i enjoyed all the 90s pop songs yeah prominently female singers do you notice that yeah yeah well i mean yeah it's almost as if There'd be songs that she would listen to if I mean, she I was a human on Earth. But then yeah, she's maybe. wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt. And oh, maybe it wouldn't actually. There's... She did steal that, though. She did. did she, maybe... Does she know what Nine Inch Nails is? Maybe not. Were they around in 89? There's a Nirvana song as well, aren't there? But I think the hmm. rest of them, all ladies. Lady songs. <laughs> Lady pop songs from the 90s. Hey, they're cool. Still and cool songs. All great <laughs> songs. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed the songs, but I don't really remember the... The score, atmosphere, but yeah, I think the I think those '90s tracks play more of a part just to build the character of the movie. Not to the extent that you know Guardians of the Galaxy did with their soundtrack, but 
Yeah, no, this gives this it makes this movie stand out. Do you know what I did find weird though? I didn't grow up in the, the 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 decade that Guardians is referencing with their music. I grew up in the nineties. Mm. So by a nostalgic movie that I was around for, it seems quite odd to me. That I've lived long enough, I'm thirty five now, and the nineties it's a nostalgic movie. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's weird that yeah. Because like 95. 80s was like that go-to nostalgia thing. Yeah, I think we've... we've we're older, we're, aren't we? We're that far away from the 90s. There's going 90s to be, honestly, nostalgia. there's going to be a young audience watching this movie going, and it's going to look like the olden days <laughs> in 1995. <laughs> it does look like those cars, man. Yuck. <laughs> but we should mention the composer, although I don't necessarily remember the score and maybe that'll change... If I watch it again, or when I watch it again, I should say, um, Pinar Toprak. Mm. I'm not familiar with her at all. All I do know is that she trained under Hans Zimmer, who is one of my favourite all-time composers. Yes, so, so she's got you know good credentials coming you know from working with him. I just I, I can't really I can't pick it at all. I could not hum it. Now I got no idea. So you know you're up, Stanley. He's in this. Oh, boy. I oh, got boy. emotional at the fanfare at the beginning. So the fanfare. Genius. The, 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 uh, the Marvel logos. So we're used to seeing all the Marvel characters, but this time it's like every version of Stanley we've seen from Iron Man up until now. Yeah, just flooded throughout. Whoever came up with that idea, absolute genius. And it's, it's, uh, it's very surreal to have that sort of play... And then cut to black, and just the the words, "Thank you, Stan." Thank you, Stan. Oh. Simple. I my eyes started to welter. Yeah. I'll admit it. Very I'm well a done, little bitch. And <laughs> I was bitch. I was that taken by it. I didn't expect to see him again. I actually, yeah, I thought that was his cameo, but the ultimate do. cameo. Almost. Did you know what was happening? Because I didn't know until after the movie. What do you mean in the cameo? In the cameo where you got Stanley, he's, he's holding so he's on the, the Morats script. Yeah, so it's 1995, which yep. was the year. Which is the year Morats came out. He's essentially practicing his lines for his cameo for Morats. It says Morats in the you know the 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 text. The Morats. I didn't see the text. And then it, it even was... said it even said by Kevin Smith oh, on the script. Beautiful. So Kevin Smith's name is. I on will it. be watching it again, but it, it's an odd one because I actually didn't like it. When viewing it, because you're right, it was. Did you not? So you thing. didn't notice? I didn't see more rats. So I mean, I didn't see Kevin Smith. I didn't see more rats. But so I you saw, just saw him sitting was there, sitting there, holding something, saying the same thing over and over, and it sounded like it was just a dub. You know, we know that Stan has passed, and we got that mm. message from the beginning. So it was completely again. I've been so lost in this movie. It's it's a fairly straightforward film, but I didn't know Mendelssohn Mendelssohn was playing yeah. two characters. I'm. I read something about um, when they did film that one. Um, it was approaching the time when Stan was quite unwell, and I, there were they were having issues with his with his vocals and him oh, delivering. Okay. Like, maybe it was a dub. I'm thinking because it, it, it did. It could didn't they sound have right. potentially have pulled that audio from Morats or? But I'm pretty sure maybe. Kevin Smith didn't know until it happened. I don't think Kevin Smith knew it was no, going to happen he, until he I watched think he it. Did. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I think Kevin Feige. I listened to him talk him. a lot, and he's not mentioned it. I think Kevin Feige. Well, he would have had to keep it under wraps. I until guess. Now. Yeah. Have you heard him say anything? I've not listened. I'm, I'm a couple of weeks behind. Whilst I was reading this, on all well, the it Kevin said Smith something podcast. about um, Kevin Feige had reached out to him okay, before, so, right, months so before, in, in you told him he had then. to keep it like a secret. <laughs> but this is what we're doing. Okay. Maybe he wanted maybe some insight to. 
you know, was Stan given a script? Maybe some details or something of the actual... So let's let's dig deep on this. Is Captain Marvel saying that Kevin Smith is a character in the MCU? Now, here's the, here's the big question. Now, there's multiple questions because... I mean, we're already we've been told that because of Guardians Volume 2... Mm that Stan is potentially a Watcher. Or at least he's reporting to the Watchers. Yeah. Maybe he just took the form of Stan Lee. Now, Stan Lee in the real world is famous for, you know, creating comic book universes, these characters, these characters that we are also seeing on screen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if Stan Lee exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, doing a cameo in a Kevin Smith movie, what is he famous for in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Whoa. Do you think it's like, you know the, the Goosebumps move where R.L. Stein, yeah. he writes his stories and they come to life? Yes. Maybe it's that. So he writes his <laughs> Maybe Stan Lee is a character in the MCU and his characters come to life when Penn touches paper. So he's writing, you know, maybe, 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 I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he's a, I, I can't, maybe he's I can't a book, even. I'm maybe he's a novelist to, instead of a I'm comic book writer. Maybe. But maybe Moritz is a different type of I'm movie. just trying to like... I can't even there are too many questions. think straight. So in this movie... Do you know what it oh, is? I don't know. It's just... It's a cameo. It's beautiful. It's a call out <laughs> to Kevin beautiful. Smith. And you know what? Kevin it's Smith... It's wonderful. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. That, that's all it is. It's, <laughs> he, honestly, he was beating the fandom drum when nobody else was. You know, he, he put out clerks and characters are just talking Star Wars. He was doing it when it wasn't considered cool. So all these years later, and he's always been a fan. I really like that this has happened for him. It's yeah, it's glorious. And for, uh, I'd say his friend, Stan Lee, I mean, they've worked together. They, they, they obviously, were, say, I would say they, yeah, they were friends. Yeah. To have his friend, and especially, you know, with what's actually happened with Stan Lee, you know, in the past year, you know, his death and all that. And, you know, so Morvat's first Stan Lee cameo. It's... Perfect. Oh, well, hopefully this isn't the last one, though. But Apparently he's still short. I'll be very surprised if he's not in Endgame. I think Endgame may be his last, and okay. it might be... Maybe that might be perfect. We'll find out when we do our Endgame review. Oh, man. In a couple of weeks. <laughs> or maybe four <laughs> weeks. It is ridiculous. You know, What's before Captain Marvel, we had the Shazam trailer. Then we had Spider-Man Far From Home. Then we had X-Men Dark Phoenix. Then we had... Avengers Endgame, and then the movie starts. Do you know what's interesting? We have this influx of all these Marvel, let's say Marvel movies, and I, we are sidetracking, sidestepping a little bit here. But after Spider-Man comes out in July, the next Marvel movie or Marvel Studios movie isn't until May, I believe, next year, twenty twenty. And I have no idea what that movie is. They have earned some time off, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> just to recharge. Yeah, but that that is a big gap. That's a huge gap compared to what we're used to. But I'm because people with just it. get so entitled. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like oh, what? no Marvel movie in November. One? What is going on? But we're going to be getting no Star Wars at February. Christmas. And... What is going on? And DC have just got Shazam this year, haven't they? Maybe the trench they might pull it out. Anyway, yeah, let's got, get back to the Captain Marvel there. review. <laughs> we did get off track, didn't we? Ah, oh, Stanley. That's that's. I'm thinking. <laughs> why did we get How so we... far off track? Um, the Protector Initiative. What the? F- <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, I'm just so Let's... glad it was Carol Danvers that got taken away and not her friend. Because what was her plane called? Was it Photon? Photon. Oh, that was Photon. So it yeah. could have been the Photon Initiative. That would have been dumb. Okay, let's <laughs> let's retcon. <laughs> let's. I mean, I don't know. I like the fact. I mean, they that never said we... where he got the idea from. I mean, yeah, he, I like, he okay, still had this. the idea. He still had. The he idea. did. Is it? Is it the keyboard? And is about to type Avenger. There is. They actually shot him 
writing it, but they felt as though the audience knows. They don't need to show it. So we know that it. we know that he's that he's writing it. So what we're talking about on Carol's plane, her full name is Carol Avenger Danvers. And the whole thing is that she is Fury's inspiration to start the direction that is that is gonna go in. The fact that she has other shit to deal with on the other side of the the cosmos. But I just didn't need it. I was okay with the Avenger initiative just being what it's called, I didn't need like, it give to me be tied Fury. in. Oh, do you know what? Like they dramatized it, but do you know what made that work for me? What the music, the Avengers? Thing. Yeah, okay. They suckered me. That was that was good. Ha- and to have this moment be, except for the post credit scenes, but then we're like to have this moment be pretty much the closing moments right before you know the next movie get his end game. How else to get me amped? You know, it's just to play the Avengers theme. And oh, well dun, played, dun, 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 Well played. Oh, it, do, it, it, do, it works. I agree. It sucks me. It does in work, but there's just something. He just niggles at me that she is. She is the reason it. why they call it Avenger. Okay, let's talk about Captain Marvel. So it's Marvel. It, you're pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. It's two words, and it's Fury. Before we get, you know, a bit of, bit I feel of song, like this is something more does, to poke, uh, poke at. Like, he does the Marvelettes, and he's got a little bebop. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, you know, Marvel, like Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's Marvel, but Fury mispronounces it. At no point in this movie does anybody say Captain Marvel, no. but we do get Marvel, and we do find out from her file that she was a captain in the Air Force. So it is there. They're just not putting them. So together. essentially, could she go by the by the name Captain Marvel? But with but it's with Fury's, it would you know, be pronounced Marvel. Yes, that, that's like, what okay, think, okay. That's Captain what they're getting at. Because it is a little bit on the nose, isn't it? Marvel Comics, Captain Marvel. So she's what Captain Marvel Comics? <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> but if it's you know like it's it's just how on Captain Earth Marvelettes. we we pronounce it. We just butcher it. <laughs> we don't say. Marvel. So there we go. We get the Krypton. Krypton. Yeah, that was bloody. What was it? Marlon Brando. Just you know, not even trying to say Marlon. <laughs> Post credit scene. So first up, we get Avengers Endgame, and this got me way more excited for it than I didn't even think was possible. Do you know what? Do you know what I thought the end credit scene was going to be? I knew it was going to be the pager. I thought it was going to be the pager going off, but Captain Marvel's side, and she was going to pick it up and be like. But this is so much better. So the page just stops working. Mm. And, you know, you've seen this movie if you're listening to this. <laughs> but let's just tell you. <laughs> the page just stops working. They're trying to get it working again. And then you've got them all together. You've got Natasha, you've got Steve, Rhodey. Bruce Banner. All, Bruce is there. And they're all huddling around. And there's like a... <laughs> there's a whoosh. And it's Brie Larson back as Captain Marvel. Slight modifications to her costume. Her hair is a lot longer, straighter. That's the main difference. Yeah. A little bit... A little bit... She's been off growing her hair. Not permed like 80s style, but it was a bit poofy in the movie. You know that? She's not a lot. Straight. You know, we've, very let, modern. Let's talk hair for a minute. And then we'll get back to the <laughs> post credit scene. I really liked the fact that... Agent Coulson had hair. Yeah, digital hair. But I, I really <laughs> liked the fact that they were not going out of the way to make Captain Marvel look glamorous. Now, Brie Larson is gorgeous. But do you know what I mean? Like, There's a lot of scenes where her hair is messy. It's over her face. It looks... Oh, it's just unkept, and I like I the like fact it. that we did. I like it, <laughs> no, I like it for the character because the last thing she's looking, you know, she's thinking about is how good do I look? That's she's like just I, out there. In what did I combat. say at the, early on the podcast? Like, 
I guess it's more than just they haven't sexualized her. They haven't gone to efforts to, you know, make sure she has pristine hair in everyone because that's so unrealistic. She doesn't need pristine hair for what she's what? looking she, to achieve in this she's movie. She's a warrior. She's like, I don't care. And that was but she still looks good. But I just like that. I just, you know, again, like she's, she always looks like Brie mm. Larson, so she's always going to look attractive, but she's not, you know, anyway, I think we've said it. But she gets long hair at the end. <laughs> long, straight hair. Very long, straight, straight hair. It's very modern. It's weird how, how hair can make and someone he, he look just, 20 it, years. Yeah. I mean, she didn't look older, but... But I guess that's she looked part of different. The, she looked like she was part of her powers, isn't it? She looks it? like she existed 20 years she later. She just doesn't mm. age like us earth folk. Yeah. But then, you know, we waited around a little bit more to watch a cat, goose, Look. cough up a... Hairball, it was essentially. A, it was a game, but... It's a cosmic cube. But that does... It, it seems to be the model, doesn't it? Like, the first one is going to be a tease as to what comes next, and then the last one, that's a gag. You know, I, I said how how packed my screening was. Way more than half the audience... Left. ...got up and left. Didn't even see the Avengers thing. It's all... <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's on it's one like, hand, it's all these like, women who just wanted to come see the movie <laughs> and say, first Marvel movie ever, get out of on town. On one hand... Come on. <laughs> They don't know, which is crazy mm. because we're 21 movies in. Some people, but on the other hand, don't care. They just don't care. Like they've, they've watched the movie they came to see. They don't want to stick around to Did watch Did they stay a, for the mid-credits? No. It's got up and left. Like, as soon know. as the credits started, people just got up and leave. Crazy. <laughs> but again, it's like either they didn't know or they just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course we care. We're the audience. Like, mm. we're, you know, we're the specific audience. We're going to wait around for that stuff. But look, it, it does was, still surprise me, though. It was a gag. It worked. I laughed. It did. It did work. Um, I mean, a little part of me was disappointed because I'd just seen an endgame thing and I was on highs from that. And then it was just that. But it's fine. I already, you know. You know, that it wasn't always the ending, though. It wasn't Catch. always the gag. One of them, Jude Law, he landed on the junk world planet from Ragnarok. Was it? Ah, Scar. Sakar? Sakar, yeah. Lands on, on there. It's like, are you food or, you know. Ah. That was a joke. But we literally got that thing. We got the exact same thing with Jeff Goldblum. At the yeah, end of the movie. They, I mean, so it would have been a callback. It would have been. So they've done it once already. But it would have been good because he's already been emasculated. You know, and he gets sent off in his little ship. But then to then have him... Because at the beginning of the movie, he's a badass. He's leading the team. And at the end, he very much isn't. Good mm. lord. <laughs> yeah, Jude Law. Okay, so do you want to go first? We'll go ahead and give our rating. Okay. Uh, now I don't know if I've. I mean, I mentioned a few issues and things I had, but I think you sound like you're coming low. Yeah. No. Look, narrowing. You sound as like you don't think you brought up enough issues to validate. Yeah, your, to validate it. To validate your two out of but five. But all I can say is how I felt overall with the movie. Look, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. It's enjoyable, and I had a good time. It was fun, and, and now I feel like I'm talking it up too much. But I think. Yeah, just at, by the end of it, it was just like an underwhelm of it all. And, you know, maybe I've come to expect too much from these Marvel Studios movies. Maybe they all have to be amazing for me. I don't know. It's fine. It cohesive. The movie works in, you know, most ways. The effects are fine. Action isn't amazing. There are things, you know, there's not really much going on. I enjoyed Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson doing their thing for that chunk of the movie. Stuff with the scrolls sort of tied in. Other than that, it, you know, a lot of it I was just watching. It was fine. Um, three point five out of five. It's not too low and and fair. You know, obviously it's it's how you feel. For me, it's a little bit higher. Four. 
It's a, if I it's had a said solid, three, would you say three point five? It's a star. I've, <laughs> I've already got four written down. Okay. I'm, I'm keeping record this year of all the movies I see. It actually puts it as my number one movie of the year so far. That's madness. It's. <laughs> but I've not seen that many movies. Ah, true. Number four. Yeah, number four. Give it a four out of five. I I've said all the things that I that I liked about this movie. I had a hell of a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed seeing a character that I'd never seen on screen before. And that's something rare these days. I it think. is. It's very, very rare. So I'm and and a great character at that. And I thought Larson, although you know, admittedly, I did have to warm up to her a little bit because she she's playing it a bit quirky. And again, I'm getting familiar with not just the character but her as an actress. But then I really did warm to her, and I thought great performances throughout all of this. We're getting a really good Nick Fury in this, and the skulls were abs- the skulls even were absolutely. Fantastic. I just had a lot of fun and I don't often come out of a Marvel Studios movie with the thought of I could go back in and watch it again. I had that with this. Really? I'd say it's one of the better origin movies, like better than Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Ant-Man. It's really up there for me. I thought it was just a hell of a lot oh. of fun. Okay. But as always, we're going to close out on some trivia. Some X-Men the Animated Series trivia the hell <laughs> well i purposely didn't get any trivia for this movie so i kind of figured at some point during the review we'd say it all and then yeah. i'd be left with nothing so i thought what can i talk about cartoons <laughs> so i'm talking about <laughs> miss marvel's appearance carol danvers yep. you know she wasn't captain marvel back in the 90s so you got the x-man rogue well her power was always the ability to drain life force memories and powers of other people but for years, she enjoyed the benefits of flight, super strength, and light invulnerability. After she ran away from home when her powers activated, she was taken in by Mystique, who I think she later found out was her mother or adoptive mother or something. And she spent time working for the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. While there, she drained the powers of Carol Danvers so heavily, she actually got her powers semi-permanently. So when I was growing up, reading X-Men, watching the animated series... Rogue always had the power of invulnerability and flight, whereas that was never really her power. Another episode of the animated series, and Carol Danvers, she awoke from her coma, and she eventually got her powers back. Actually, and did Rogue lose then? Um, I think in the cartoon she might have kept it. Something happened. It's been a few years. <laughs> but that's my trivia. I thought because again, oh, yeah, I could have different. I could have told you how how many cats played the cat. Yeah, could have done that. Oh, I mean the name Goose. It's named after you know Top Gun bloke. That's where they Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried from. to say, I think we got sidetracked there, but uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, that kind of trivia I thought would come up, so I tried to go a bit left field. But it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> but there we go. X Men trivia on a Captain Marvel Act review. Related. That's it for our review of Captain Marvel. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our sister shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. Also, make sure you check out our website, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. Jason is the caretaker of the site, puts a lot of effort into it, so check it out. Um, a few episodes to plug. Sounds Like Comics' recent episode looks at The Punisher Season 2. And Hashtag re- it's all connected. It's all connected, but not really. And Rewind and Review's latest episode goes back to the 90s. So appropriate. Uh, with The Matrix. Did you did, did you do that on purpose, or did it, was it an anniversary for The Matrix? Anniversary. 
timed him perfectly for Captain Marvel. Yes. Yes. Well, anyway, <laughs> you've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. <laughs>